0: Hello, welcome to the Story Studio Podcast. Fun episode today. Um, we normally do one of two things. Either we tease you guys with, well, there's something really interesting going on and we can't talk about it, or we don't mention it at all and just kind of act vague and spooky, like, ooh, there's something going on, but we're not going to... But today we're actually going to tell you about one of those things, which is pretty cool. So now reasonable, there are some reasonable restrictions, which we'll get to, but but that's it's kind of a cool announcement kind of a cool project that we'll be able to follow in the weeks and months and year to follow um but we'll get to that in a second so i don't should i say what it is before we get to something cool or should i just like tease people tickle people
1: Uh, well you can go tickle and i'll continue tickling during my something cool anyway so just go ahead all
0: right well why don't since you know what you're going to say for your something cool why don't you take the uh the tickle thing which dave is i know getting all aroused right now thinking about it
1: dave get your hand out of your pants now why do i have a hat on um (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) wait wait i don't Understand I don't, I don't understand
1: either, but... There's I like a
0: tickly gnome under that hat, yeah, I just know.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, for those of you who can't see Dave, he is... says um, he's, he's his rapper persona, Easy Baked, today. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks incredibly good. Um, he looks delicious, actually. Uh, my something cool is actually the thing that we get to talk about, because... It has been very frustrating over the last year as we've shifted gears to not be talking about our projects. I know it's annoying for people, and we get emails that are like, we're not going to steal your ideas. (laughs) And to be clear, it's not about anyone stealing our ideas.
2: Of course somebody would say that.
1: (laughs) We're not worried about the ideas being stolen. It's a matter of, well, this project just wasn't ours to talk about yet. And a lot of our fiction projects, we're worried about corrupted also bots. It's not about idea theft. It's about you know we put ourselves out there for a long time, and it 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 really did damage our business, almost destroyed our ability to sell books without changing our names. So we just a have to be book,
2: specifically
1: the, the fiction. So we have to be more careful this time, and we are. But now we have a project that it doesn't have algorithmic ip tied to it like there's a lot of stuff we could talk about here that's exciting
0: for us. well there's another reason we don't talk too and it's because we can't like it's we're restricted there are other people involved there's confidentiality there are contracts that need to be signed so this isn't a case of like algorithmic but therefore was for a long time a case of it wasn't totally our party you know it's other people involved
1: so that's that's my something. That's cool. the tease. So we'll yeah.
0: talk about that. So oh wait, is that that is that's your yeah. something cool?
1: Yeah, then we could talk about oh, it. My, my something cool was a, a really great trip. Mm. Um, Johnny and I were in LA again this weekend. It was an awesome trip, um, just professionally, personally. I had a really good time. I'm really happy to be home again. Traveling does wear me out, and there's been three trips in the last one month, so that's a lot. Um, but but yeah, it was awesome, and I'm I'm really excited.
2: Dave. I have nothing cool this week, unless you want to hear me tell you a Fortnite story. <laughs> no, but I think oh, we need to hear that.
1: Oh, I don't want to hear a Fortnite story.
2: <laughs> Dave, are you well, follow? No, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I I play Fortnite with my son, and I, I'm really I'm really bad at snipers. Uh, like
0: oh, okay. I forgot for a second you were talking about Fortnite. <laughs>
2: I'm I was really like shit i 'm really bad at sniping in games, so i 've been forcing myself to to to, to kind of play as a sniper because it 's such a throw when I actually land a shot, so this dude like killed a teammate of mine really, really far away, and then he does like a loser dance take <laughs> the l where they do that, and I fucking sniped him from like halfway across the map. It was awesome well, he was doing the dance well well, the joy was I got to show my I was so excited I recorded the clip to show my son. So I, I bring him in, like, check this out. Look what I did. He was like, okay. He was like, that's Pussy. That's all the time. And I just felt like, thanks. Thank you. Wow. So so you're,
1: the Dick. best thing that happened to you in this week was a moment <laughs> in an artificial reality that no one cared about.
2: Let's face it. Artificial reality is better than my reality.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's telling and sad. So um, thank you for sharing, Dave. Well, I
2: was. Well, I was also rereading our book. Can I say the name or no? Would that ruin the book?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the one thing you can't do is is stop in the middle of a story and say, can I talk about it? (laughs) Because then if we say no, it's just one of those real shitty things that happens.
2: Right. So just say I was rereading some of our old work, too. I was rereading some of our old work and holy fuck, it's so damn good. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's like i love it so much like who are, are you and why it? are you on our podcast i, I want to see it
1: on tv <laughs> i love dave getting hard on his own work that just doesn't happen enough that's awesome
2: yeah anyway okay dave were you following
1: at all um i, I know you follow a, a little baseball stuff are you following the um, astros cheating story at all
2: very vaguely uh yeah what about it though
1: Oh, nothing. I just got...
2: Oh we were just getting live updates. I got
1: a lot of live updates from Ethan, and then when I got home, I got all the live, live updates. <laughs> I had to watch a lot of videos about, like...
2: Oh, I'm not surprised that they're uh, cheating.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's he's incensed because that was a really big World Series for him. He hated that the, the Dodgers lost to the Astros, and now he found out they're cheating. He's like, I'm just so angry! <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, Johnny, anything cool?
0: Well, my something cool is all wrapped up in what today's show topic is. So I know that that's a a bit of a cheat, but it is the most dominant recent cool thing. So why don't we just go into that? Because, um, yeah, may as well. And there's a lot to this. So, um, I'll start at the the beginning. If, like, can I start at the beginning? Beginning? We haven't told the story before, right?
1: We've never told the story. Um, you can start wherever you want,
0: right? So I feel that there's a lot of lessons here because, um, if for anybody who went to the last Smarter Artist Summit, and I do mean the last is in the previous, but also the last because there isn't another smart artist summit. Now it's story shops doing their summit. Um, but at the, if you went to that, we talked a lot about, it's all about relationships. Like, so we had Derek Fredrickson, our LA partner up on the One of our LA partners up on the, um, we have three, I'm realizing, uh, up on the stage. And we were talking about how it's all about relationships and making the deals. And it's just about knowing people and being cool to people and, and all of that stuff. It's not what, you know, it's who, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, this is a perfect example of it. So, two years ago, a year and just a few weeks, Sean and I were at the Austin Film Festival. No, 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 two years ago, we were at the Austin Film Festival for the very first time. We hadn't gone before two years ago. So, this is
1: two festivals ago, not two years ago. It's actually like um, twelve two, months in a week or something. No,
0: no, no. Weeks, it, right? it, no, no, no. It is, it is two years ago. Oh, I see what you're. So, doing. Okay, yeah. Got so, it, got two it. years ago, so 2017's Austin Film Festival. We were just like. Oh, we are know we're starting don't... at
1: the beginning, beginning.
0: Well, because it's, it's, it's the, I think it's a really interesting yeah. story and there's a lot of lessons here. So, no, you're uh, right. we were, we were just doing reconnaissance. We were just like, we're not, we're not going to try and meet anybody in a strategic way. We're not going to hand out business cards or do any of that sort of shit. We are not kind of business cards.
1: Actually, we, we
0: do. No, we do. We just don't use them. And we, we don't, we actually have several kinds of business cards that we don't actually use. And, um but we also weren't, we were only going to try and learn things in a just-in-time sort of curiosity way. Like, I wasn't going to take extensive notes on TV and film because we just weren't there. But we did see... Um, we, there was a very, like, very, very intro panel, was which was like how to work the conference, which was like a pre-panel panel for newbies. But then the very first real panel we went to was... I think it was on, like, alternate ways to be known or something. Do you remember what the topic was, Sean? It was something yeah, like, it was
1: like breaking in by being yourself or something that isn't quite that dumb, but
0: that was right like, breaking in. And you have a room full of, you know, a, a hundred people shoved into a little room of writers who are just desperate to break in. And, and so we were watching and there was one guy on the panel. And, um, I remembered him cause he had kind of an unusual name. His name was John O J O N O. And I was, um, and and but he said some really cool things. He had this story about going to and I can say this publicly because he said it publicly, um, about he was working for um working with somebody at Glee. I don't remember what his capacity was well, on he the was show just Glee. A, a
1: PA at the time. I mean, this is a real entry level stuff.
0: Which is like a step above a janitor, pretty much. Like a PA is a gopher, go get my coffee, production assistant. So um but he he went into his boss's office and the spreadsheet was open for the invite list for the Golden Globes.
1: And by so, went into his boss's office, he sneaked into his boss's office.
0: Sneaked into his boss's office. And um, so what, what does any like self-respecting peon, let's face it, do when they run across something like the Golden Globes invite list on your boss's office, office you've sneaked into? That you're not supposed to be in, right. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, you, of course, add yourself. To the invite list, but also plus one, which is the real kind of middle finger of the whole thing. He didn't just add himself, it was himself and a friend. And so that's how they went to the Golden Globes. And he told this story and some other stuff. And Sean and I were sitting back and we were were like whispering back and forth. And we were saying, we should have this guy on the podcast. Like he's a hustler. He's interesting. But he was, we had gotten in kind of late. We were toward the back of the room, They're way at the front of the room. And of course, a panel gets mobbed when they let out. So we were we're like, well, maybe we'll run into him later and we can talk to him and strike up a conversation because he feels like our people. Well, fast forward through the the entire conference, that never happened. And we weren't going to go like stalk somebody, but we didn't run into him. So that just never happened. Now, now, one year later, so a year ago and um, a few weeks today, um, so 2018 Austin Film Festival, we went again and were um, in the badge line, picking up our badges and, um, I look over and in the next line, so I'm standing in the, you know, the end of the alphabet line and I look over into the middle of the alphabet line and, uh, I don't know, in front of Sean, just behind Sean, I was like, Hey, I think that's that guy, that Jono guy. And he's like, how would you even know that? Like we were way at the back of the room. We didn't even talk to him. And I said, I don't know. He looks really familiar. Cause that just seems to be something I'm pretty good at. And, um, he left and he got his badge and I said, okay, but if we run across him, I'm going to talk to him again because I'm pretty sure that's the guy. And so we went to the Driscoll Bar area and we were just sitting around like just hanging out, not being part of the conference and the dude walks by. So I kind of raised my hand, I flagged him down and I said, hey, is your name Jono? And he goes, yes. And I said, did you do a panel a year ago on whatever? Yes. Just wanted to let you know that we thought it was great. And he kind of did, did the thing where we were sitting down and he was standing up and he was just being polite and we talked to him. Well, we run a story story studio, all this. And then at, there was some point where he he got interested enough to sit down and stop being polite and actually start engaging with us. And so throughout the the festival, a few times, like we talked to him for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half that time. And we talked to him the next day and the next day. Then on Sunday, we were like, we've done enough Austin Film Festival. There's no reason for us to go back in And, uh, but we already had scheduled to meet another friend of ours that we had already booked. He just happened to be in town during the film festival. He wasn't even going to the festival. So he said, well, shit, I don't even really want to go. It's Sunday. I've done enough, but we have to go. So we did. We hung out with, um, with, it was Danny, our friend, Danny. And then, um, we were like, let's just take one final lap and go home. And we made this one final lap and we ran into Jono again. And we built rapport with him over time. Like we, I think we had some coffee and stuff and he, he dug our vibe. And so we just launched into like our most absurd stories at this point. And Sean started telling him about, he had just gone to a mastermind and met this guy named Jesse Cole, who owns this minor league base below minor league baseball team, like F league, whatever that the bottom tier is called the Savannah bananas. And he's this crazy guy. He wears a yellow tuxedo complete with hat and yellow shoes, Every day he travels or is at home in Savannah. And um, he does all these ridiculous things, which we'll get to in a minute. And Jono thought this was hilarious. And he goes, wait, this is a sitcom. We said, I know. And he goes, no, no, no. It's literally a sitcom. And then through some stuff that we'll talk about here, because I've had the mic for a long time. This past weekend, there was, it basically is going to be a sitcom now, like 99% or whatever. I don't know what the statistics are, but um, there was a big event that, we'll talk about during this show and then we'll have these guys on later where the bottom line is that we, it looks like we have a sitcom going to production that we are part of not major writers on, but creators of, I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I love everything about this story. So there's there's a couple of really cool little details here um, that kind of tie into the overall lessons too. So um, the, yeah, Johnny's right. The, the The big takeaway here is that it looks like we're going to have, um, probably this time next year, we'll be streaming our show. Like the first thing that Sterling and Stone had anything to do with. There's a lot of traction on it. And um,
0: we and were, to be clear, we can't really say where we think it will air because there are many options and because that's the one thing we can't really share.
1: Yes, but... Um, but they're big places. Yeah, but right. And there's enough interest from enough places that...
2: Pornhub.
1: There it is. Um, It seems, I mean, all, basically Hollywood is bullshit until it's not. That's just the way it works. Um, But with the number of um, people that are interested and the level of interest, um, it seems, God, it just seems impossible that nothing will happen. So a couple of other cool elements to this story is Johnny and I went to the film festival Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then we were were just kind of done, like there wasn't a lot more to do. There weren't any panels on Sunday that we were super excited to see. And we're both family men. Like, we wanted to be home with our families on Sunday. And so we – oh, wow. I really, really, really am sad for all the people who didn't just see <laughs> Dave's face. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we, we wanted to be with our family on that Sunday, and we would not have gone downtown. Um, but the only reason we were downtown is because our friend um, uh, Danny Innie was in town, uh, happened to be at the Driscoll, and he wanted to talk business with um, Johnny and I, which he does when he's in town about once a year. And so we were only downtown to have like a morning walk and talk with Danny. Um, it had nothing to do with being at the um, at the festival itself, but it, it's all about relationships. This story is about relationships in so many different ways. So we were there because of our relationship with Danny. And then before we're about to leave, we decide we should take one more like walk around the Driscoll, see if there's anybody else we have a relationship with or want a relationship with that we should talk to. And that's when we saw Jono for that last time. And we had been very slowly over a few days developing a relationship with him. We went to a couple of panels. We just talked here and there. And it was never... It was never like the kind of like gross networking thing where you're just like glomming on to somebody because you hope something's going to happen.
0: That's it was- the real point. At no, at no point did we pitch him at no. all, including the time that he picked up a pitch.
1: <laughs> right, right. It was all just funny conversation. And when we were talking, Savannah Bananas was not a, a, a pitch to Jono at all. Yeah, uh, in fact, we were talking about how we were only there to uh talk to Danny and how Danny was a part of this group um and that how amazing this group was, which is where I had met Jesse because it's this really highly curated experience and they um I didn't meet I didn't know Jesse before that dinner. Um uh, Jesse is the Jesse Cole is his name. and He owns the Savannah Bananas and I was at the same table as him. Um, for this curated dinner there were six of us and he was just telling these wild stories so the one that we told Jono that like had first you know sparked his interest was about uh so Jesse right it's a really 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 shitty baseball team and he, he basically figured the way to do it was to turn it into a circus and what's the quote Johnny?
0: Um, so, and this is, this is a little bit of like nesting loops and stuff, but, but Jesse's story with the Savannah bananas, which you can Google for, like, they're very newsworthy. They're all over the place. Um, and it's, it's entertaining reading too, is that they basically picked up a, um, a failing baseball team. And, um, I think they tried to run it as a baseball team for a little while, if I remember right. And it just wasn't working. And so Jesse decided that he was going to go entertainment first, which is a big theme with Jesse and... Um, we'll talk about what the bananas do and stuff, but he said we can no longer be a baseball team. We have to be a circus, and maybe a baseball game will break out.
1: <laughs> All right, and so that's I very, like that. much, yeah. There's very much the aesthetic. Like,
0: and he repeated it in person this 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 week. He said he said we're a circus with nine intermissions for the innings.
1: <laughs> right, and and it's just it's this is a when he bought it you know it's a 4500 person stadium they were lucky to get a few hundred people at the games now they're sold out for years you know ahead of time it's it's something the families go to it's just this crazy crazy thing in Savannah. and the story that he was telling me that just i mean he had a lot of them but the one that just like I thought was so funny and i had to repeat to Jono was that uh there was a game where, uh, you know, they it was right when he was first starting to do this, and all the other teams just hate this guy's guts, <laughs> and you can imagine why. So in this, particular, uh, in this particular game, he had brought in a mariachi band, and they were playing, like, not in between innings, but, like, while the other team was at bat. <laughs>
2: and so, so it was were- like the Harlem Globetrotters meets baseball
1: yes yes it's exactly it so it's a total show and um the other team got mad and they complained to the commissioner and so the commissioner came in and said you know you you slapped jesse on the wrist and says you can't do that and he fined him a hundred dollars which jesse just thought was ludicrously hilarious so he wrote the guy a check for six hundred dollars and said that this should cover the next five times (laughs) (laughs) and so like they had digging a china night and in digging to China night, they like actually buried a trip to China on their um, <clears throat> on the field, except it wasn't like there's was no accommodations or, uh, or it's not even a round trip. It's, yeah, it's a one <laughs> it's a <one-way laughs> way ticket to China.
0: Goodbye. And it was on the field and they did it while the game still had innings left to play. So I don't know if you guys know anything about baseball, but a bunch of like shovel holes on a field oh while there's still God, a baseball game into- going on <laughs> is not the best idea.
2: So I'd love to see how much he has to pay for insurance. (laughs) I'm I'm sure
1: it's all baked into the price, but, but, but really he has built an amazing business, amazing character, amazing human. And so, uh, you know, Their
0: cheerleaders are all senior citizens and they call them the banana nanas.
1: (laughs) They have, um, their, their mascot is split.
0: (laughs) Right. Jono went to a Savannah bananas game and threw out the first banana. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so this this J- John immediately saw this as a workplace comedy um his first you know parks and rec office but even going back to taxi which taxi is uh, I think it might be his favorite show
2: I wished uh, I lived in Savannah so I could like go there and be like that old those two old guys and the Muppets like just <laughs> same stupid shit
1: um I'm sure we could arrange heckling. that We could totally arrange
2: that David heckling
1: so uh so um, it, so Jono was just like, yeah, this sounds like a show, but I mean, look, there's a thing called conference talk. And this very clearly felt like conference talk. We're talking about this amazing sitcom and yeah, it's gonna happen. And sure, Johnny and I drove home and thought, wouldn't that be cool if this was really happened and it was really a sitcom? And, and also some background here. It's not like we were talking to somebody with no ability to get things made. Jono's actually sold several pitches and we don't know his name now because all the stuff is in production but he has movies coming out that we will all be watching in a few years so um he you know he he could get this pitched and over the next year it became this thing that we had no idea what was going to happen with it because we would get on the call and we would talk about characters and, and and you know what it would be like um but then you know there'd be this dead end or that dead end or for a while it looked like the project was going nowhere because everyone in hollywood vowed that they would never be making anything in georgia ever again and they'd be you know pulling out because um, of of their abortion laws and then uh, that lasted for like an hour and a half hollywood gets very incensed about things (laughs) it doesn't last very long and then. Um, do you want to talk about what our next big break with it was Johnny? Cause that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Right. Yeah. I was actually going to talk about that because it, it would be, I forgot to hit record again, getting really bad at this. So I'll just have to let them know again. All right. Um, so, but basically that that's the piece that I forgot to, um, that, that I can see, I can imagine a lot of people listening to this and and there is Hollywood is, is bullshit. A lot of times, um, you know, we, we, we talked about having an option on fat vampire. I'm not saying that's bullshit, but despite really strong start that isn't sold yet. It's still active. Like, I I still think it will sell, but it hasn't yet. Like, that's the sort of thing that happens. But um, this... Limbo. Hollywood limbo. Hollywood limbo or or, or hell. And and Hollywood is mostly limbo, right?
1: Right. It's like like the the universe is mostly dark matter, right? (laughs) All the things we can see and then everything in between. That's how Hollywood is. It's mostly deals that don't actually ever get made or deals that are made and then production never happens there's so much limbo in hollywood it's ridiculous right a lot so of
0: some times. of you so sorry so some of you might be thinking listening to this and thinking well okay so they say they got a sitcom they think it's going to sell that's very cute that's very optimistic and some of you may even have had uh deals like we know that some people in our audience have been approached about oh they want to make this into a movie so it'd be really easy to be like well who knows the reason that we're so confident is because of the piece that we haven't told you guys yet which is, you can look this up, um, Imagine Entertainment, which is Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's company, um, does a, a, like a, a little incubator, a little little IP incubator. And this is the third year they've done it. Um, it's called Imagine Impact because it's Imagine Entertainment. And the Imagine Impact program is this kind of highly prestigious IP incubators, uh, like such that people pay a lot of attention because it has a pedigree of imagine and it's very highly selective, curated, um, professionally shaped content, which we can talk about in a second. Um, so for instance, it's, uh, a, I think they had 4,500 applications to that, to that, that program this year. Um, they ended up having selecting 17. So it's, you know, like a very small percentage that actually get in and Savannah bananas from our understanding was, sort of considered the unanimous favorite even going in. Um, It was an eight-week program and they just had uh, their pitches. And after the pitches, then the room is filled with, you know, the presidents of the streaming services and, you know, high-ranking representatives from the networks. And so like, you know, Hulu and Disney Plus and Netflix and ABC, NBC, and whoever else, like they're all in that room. And so even though it isn't an auction, it has an auction atmosphere because you have so many heavy hitters over such a small number of highly anticipated projects. Do you remember the um, sales percentage for the past years? It was something high, like 95% or
1: 90%. 80%, 80%.
0: 80% end up getting made, not just sold, if I'm correct. I don't correct. remember yeah. for sure.
1: Um, uh, I don't think anything uh, from the, the first two years was sold and not made, which is another impressive... Um, like, they're, seri- they're, they're serious buys. They've they're serious buys. A- because they haven't, they're not just, I see a lot of ideas get sold in Hollywood. And a lot of times people are also buying ideas so that other studios can't have those ideas. <laughs> like it's, right, a putting your foot said. in the door
0: is, is cheap for these people. Right. And um, put yourself in the shoes of a Netflix or a Disney Plus or something like that. And you're looking for content. You know, we as creators, it's easy to be like, it's really hard to get seen. There's, a, there's just a deluge, an avalanche of people. I mean, literally when we were at dinner, um, our waiter was a singer trying to break in. Like that's every, every waiter and shop clerk in LA has a project and a screenplay or something that they're trying to do. So if you put your shoes in, if you put yourself in the shoes of, like I said, like Netflix or somebody who's trying to acquire content, that's actually a super hard side of the coin too, because there is so much stuff out there. It's like going into the, um, the worst parts of the KDP select or uh, unlimited dumpster fire and trying to find your next great read like it's in there somewhere but there's also a lot of shit so going to this kind of curated experience like i don't remember who their speakers were this year but if you go to the website like jj abrams and paul feig and like these are people who who go to this and and are like speakers and they call them shapers um who you know help work one-on-one in a mentorship role with everybody so, because of the pedigree, they do want to kind of jump on this. So, from what we're understanding, it went off very well. We got a few very big nibbles, which um, again we can't share. There was a lot of interest, and I, I guess we're understanding that over the next two months or so, everything kind of shakes out, and we'll they'll basically be deciding which offer to take.
1: Right, and then there'll probably be rewrites after that. For those of you who're just like curious about the process, um, after a deal is struck, there's like no matter who buys it, it's it's impossible. Well, not impossible, but highly, highly, highly improbable that they'll be like, that is exactly what we were looking for. No changes. We'll take it as is. They'll have notes. They'll want to change it. They'll want to shape it to their audience and and whatever. Um, But the, the script as is, is super, super strong. It's funny. It has like really great emotional moments um, you know what, like we should probably wait for the actual kind of hook for the, the show for when John knows a guest because he should tell you that. Um, it was really his, he developed that. Like we helped with some of the characters, we helped with a lot of stuff, but this is really his show. He's, he will be the showrunner, he will be taking care of all of this. And, um, uh, and he did, he, he came up with a very, very cool hook um, because the, if you think about your protagonist, you you need to identify as the as the as the viewer, right? And the problem with the protagonist of Savannah Bananas is that he owns a baseball team, so it's kind of hard to root for him as an underdog if he has.
0: If he's the owner, and to be clear, guys, there's a real nonfiction. Like a real thing in the real world of Jesse owning a Savannah bananas, but the the sitcom by definition is going to diverge the way that the Sookie Stackhouse books diverged into True Blood or Dexter books diverged into Dexter, even though those are fictional properties. We're starting with the sort of anchor of a real thing, and the bananas will be involved to some degree. It's part of their brand going forward, but it's not the Jesse that's in the show will not be the Jesse that's the real person and the antics of the people in the show are not going to map exactly to the real antics, but it will draw ideas.
1: Right. I mean, r- really at all, because they're, they're just very different. And um, I mean, you see that just in the pilot. So the Jesse in the, in, in real life, obviously knows a lot about baseball is very interested. Did, in baseball. Didn't
0: he have a, almost have a baseball career. Wasn't he injured and couldn't make it or doesn't he have that story?
1: Yeah. So baseball was part of his life, but, um, but for this, uh, like the the, the, man, the Jesse in the Savannah Banana sitcom doesn't even know about baseball. So like one of my favorite lines in the script has um you know somebody asking him, "Well, who won the World Series last year?" and he says, "America." <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um it, it's, it's pretty funny how little he actually knows about baseball in in the sitcom. So, they're very different people, but there's some common DNA there with both the team and and Jesse. Um But the the point is that it's really interesting how much development there was and will continue to be. And even if it gets or when it gets bought, there will probably be a three-month period of rewrites. And then we'll go into production early next summer. And it looks like it would be in the fall is when we would be watching it. (laughs) under ideal.
0: yeah, it. so a year from now, we may be watching this on on TV. Now, um, I do think there's a lot of lessons to this story, so I want to kind of delve in. And and again, we'd like to have Jesse and Jono on. So with Jono, we can talk kind of story and the the process of developing the property. And with Jesse, we can talk about sh- t-shirt cannons. Like he's he's a live <laughs> wire. Like you'll see, Jesse's amazing. Um, but for for us here now, I think that there's like focusing on the lessons and the the quirks of the story are very interesting to me. So we have been actively shopping IP for a little over a year now to kind of try and um, take our first steps into TV. So I think we told you guys about a trip to LA that we took about a year ago this year when the American film market festival was going on in LA and we took a bunch of meetings. We were actively trying to pitch invasion, which hasn't moved yet, but that doesn't mean that it's dead in any way that's Hollywood for you. But those were pitches those were us trying to do something now the the first thing to actually go here it looks like is going to be something that number one was never part of our ip catalog we didn't develop Savannah bananas beforehand it didn't exist as a book or anything and it came about through a non networking networking event and it wouldn't have happened if we'd have been networking with a capital n it just i it wouldn't have i know these people i know even if it had made it made it to jano with a Business card trading, networking, let's pitch you sort of thing. I don't think it would have made it past Jesse. Like, I don't think Jesse would have, would have bitten on that. Um, and you, you probably see why when, when we get there. Um, but there's other lessons here too in that, um, as far as the script itself, Jono has done pretty much all of the work. Sean and I were, um, helped to shape it initially. We, we talked a lot about character. We hopped onto a call and discussed motivations and stuff during the course of the project. Um, but 80% plus. Is Johno doing the work, and Sean and I have just kind of been support and cheerleaders and co-creators. So, what are we looking to get out of this? Well, um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some sort of a payday, but it's probably it'll probably it'll be less for us. Like that's a whole thing. Don't worry about that. What we care about is the credit. Um, what can we use to be able to say that we're behind something in some way, shape, or form? So, like if we get a created by credit on this with Jono or with Jesse or with both, that's great because then suddenly Sterling and stone is on the map as the creators of a successful property, which we can then leverage or just sort of automatically generates enthusiasm that makes people kind of perk up when they hear us in the future. Oh yeah, I heard about you guys. I heard about Savannah bananas. Maybe I'm a little bit more interested in what you're pitching right now. And so I think that makes it interesting too, right? It's very different from like selling an option.
1: Oh, for sure. I like, the, I like the attention and I really like that. Um, I, I, I like the amount of uh, cool people that we've been able to meet just by kind of constantly turning the wheel and, and leaning into this experience. So, for example, um, you know, not all these shows uh, with, uh, with through the impact program will get picked up. Um, but even even within the ones that do, Jono's basically like, yeah, I know some of the best writers around. <laughs> now so if you think about the filtering process to to go from forty five hundred um entries to 17 right like that's a really great room and you spend two months with these people every day well that's i mean these are this is a great peer group and then now we get to know some of those writers by extension and uh, like i mean we keep saying this but our business really is the relationship business at this point we're telling stories And we want to know cool people and work with cool people and be able to expand what we're doing you know through the network effect and i i really appreciate that um you know i mean there's the direct effect like we might you know be able to go to la and sit with imagine ourselves because we have this connection but even beyond that just Everything leads to everything else. And I think that a year ago, when Johnny and I decided to really start taking these steps and get into um, LA and get into uh, not going there and aggressively trying to make a deal, because that's it. We're not trying to make a deal. We're trying to make a relationship. And we're not in a hurry. We don't want to sign something just to sign it and just to get some action. We want to make sure that when we eventually find our right partners, their partners. And it's a relationship and we'll be making things for many, many years with them. And so stuff like this just really helps because right now in this still very early phase for us, we're we're brand building. We're saying that our, our creative energy, um, Sterling and Stone, you know, what we want is for somebody out there to understand that we've got a writer's room and we've got writers who want to tell stories, and we can pair them with the right projects. So like, there's a couple people in people um, in the studio who are very interested in what happens here. You know, if the sitcom takes off, do we get to write books in the world? And can they be a part of that? Can they be a part of the writer's room? Can they be a part of the script development process? And as we grow, that's exactly what we'll be doing. We'll be nurturing our writers and growing our writers in both number and ability. So that we can pair them with the right opportunities. And this just feels like um, there's something both kind of comic about it, the fact that this is our first IP and it wasn't even internally developed, um, that's really probably going to go all the way. But who cares? Like the fact that it still will uh, encourage our network effect is awesome.
0: So what are um, well? I, feel, I want to feel. I want to hear what Dave has to say about this. I'm I'm just sort of curious. And, and first of all, actually, how much of that did you know, Dave? I don't know how much we've shared with you.
2: Oh, I knew a good part of it. Uh, Sean had told me. I didn't know all the, you know, all the little details, but the broad strokes. I think it's cool. I think it's cool as hell. Yeah, I think the idea is to get the, the, our,
0: our, um, our foot in the door is a lot of it. And this could be a really good foot. Somebody that we were talking to this, this weekend, um, is, uh, like her, her father's real connected in the industry, say. And I know that one of the things that I, she didn't say it to me. I feel like she said it to you, Sean. She was like, it's just one relationship. That's all you need. And so That's that's the sort of thing that's really proven to be true. Because again, I go back to if you work with, like, if you're on the, this, the other side from us, the, the acquisition side, and you're working with writers and you're working with IP. Why would you not want to keep going back to a well that, you know, is like, if, if you work with us and we're cool and we, we aren't dicks and we provide good stuff and we have more to offer, like, why wouldn't you go back to us? It's, I think it's the same reason, like, you know, Tim Burton always works with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, and a few, you know, because he he knows them, and he works with Danny Elfman because he knows Danny is his music is really good. So I think in the same way, it's like we want to find that relationship where working with us is as good for them as it is for us, and then then it's easy. Then we've got that funnel. Yeah,
1: thing. and and and, and Johno is very much um, a relationship person, also. Like you could just see it in the way he communicates with
0: people effortlessly, really. as well.
1: Yeah, he's just, he's, he's like, he's a giver more than a taker, and he's a communicator, and like, he's just a good guy. And like, we were talking about what the best play would be, um, you know, what kind of deal do we want to take? And, um, you know, so for example, one of the questions is do we want to be, uh, would we rather have 10 episodes and a lot of control on streaming, or would we rather have a network deal that's 22 episodes and the, you know, less creative control for sure, but also, you know there's there's a lot of um i mean there's more money in 22 episodes than 10 episodes especially if you get to 100 episodes and there's residuals for a long time to come so that could be a much better deal but 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 i love that that jano like us is never thinking about the immediate deal it's like how does this deal affect all the other deals because jano's looking at this it's a different situation for him for us for anyone in the company this is, um, it's an addition to what we're doing. It's not our full-time life. If this takes off, and I don't just mean that the series is getting made, because again, I think that I think we'll, I'd be shocked if we didn't at least get to pilot. I think we'll get to full season order. And, you know, let's assume that the first season takes off. Um, then it could be the next seven to nine years of Jono's life. So that's a big, like, <laughs> it's a much bigger thing for him than it is for us. Um, but the, some of the criteria that he was talking about, I, I find really interesting. So, for example, um, the big benefit, I, I would have thought that he would have really liked the idea of like 10 really strong episodes um, <clears throat> where you see that in, in, you know, streaming, you see 10 episodes versus 22 episodes. There's just a little bit less filler, right? But um, the big benefit of a 22 episode uh, season is, Is that the writers are all then full time jobs. So, you know, they, they, they take their summers off, but they're there. Like that is their job. And so you get, you, you retain your best people. You don't have as much turnover on a show that only has 10 episodes and then a break those people are full time so they often move on to other projects or you know it, it, you just don't have as much consistency and John was like well I want to build a family of writers and that means working with the same people and that means 22 episodes could really help with that so it's interesting to look at what are your objectives and what are you really trying to accomplish in the in, with the thing you're making
2: i do like that how us as a group um we we haven't chased anything really. Oh, and never. We we've always been true to what we like to do and building genuine relationships and not taking the the quick or easy road on anything. And sometimes it's frustrating. Often you, it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Let's but, be real. But, but when you make but when you make genuine connections and things feel like they work out the way they should, I like that a lot. And writing in TV is. You know, having a show is my ultimate goal more than movies or anything else. Uh, I think that's where I've always wanted to be. So if this helps in that, that's awesome. If not, uh, you know, we just keep doing what we're doing.
1: Yeah, I'm that's- sure it helps. I mean, we're, we, we, we've gotten really great in the last year at just turning the flywheel and knowing that, you know, it's, it's just a matter of being consistent with our ideals and not. Not bending back on them because it is hard. It's it's hard to just keep your eye on it and and not do um, not chase things, Dave. Right? <laughs> because yeah. there are a lot of things we can we can chase, and we get a surprising amount of um, interesting offers that sound good. You know, they sound like oh, if we could, if we just put our attention into that, three months later we'll all be rich. But. We put our attention to that, and then we don't. <laughs> then
2: we, we could write a show about all the weird offers we've had. <laughs> we, 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 we probably <laughs> could. Something that Dave
0: said, I think, is worth sort of shining a brighter light on, and I did allude to it earlier, and Sean did too, actually. But just to just to put a finer point on it, is you talk about writing for TV. Um, we we're writing stuff that we hope ends up on TV in an adapted format, but we, we don't write for TV. I mean, we've we've written a few pilots and like to, to, to pitch things that are going to be on TV. But just to remind you guys, this is something, there's no book for this. Like we, we aren't actively writing this at all. And, um, it was something that that we, we helped to develop as a, as a concept, as an idea. And, you know, I've, I've told a lot of family about it and stuff. And, and, you know, my mom will say, well, you got, are you guys gonna, are you going to go out to LA? Are you going to be in the writer's room? Are you going to write the episodes? Are you going to, you know, and, and the nature of TV writing is that, you know to be in a to be a, a staff writer or to be especially a showrunner like Jonna would be the showrunner on this you really do need to live in LA that's not something you can do remotely like you can write so, you can definitely write for the film TV and film industry outside of Hollywood wait i can't showrun my show from florida oh but you can't showrun from florida you can't actively be in a writers room so I, you know i don't know the situation is going to kind of dictate like whatever really ends up happening maybe different from sort of what we've predicted but So far, it's it's sort of looked like, you know, Jonna will assemble a writer's room. And it does sound like we sort of have an open invitation to kind of show up and kick ideas around or something. I could see if we really, really got into it. And if like union laws don't forbid it, I I could maybe see like, hey, let's come in and we'll, you know, try to lead write an episode. I don't know. I mean, that might just be stupid and obtrusive. But the point is, we aren't going to be in that room. Day to day.
2: You all move to L.A. Once I get to Austin, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I don't want to live in L.A. Sean <laughs> yeah. basically
0: has lived in L.A.
2: Yeah,
1: I've lived in L.A. Um, I, I I I don't I I think that we should have a place in L.A. at some point. You know, like we'll probably do enough business down there to make it. You know, like, yes, I think that we'll spend a lot of time there, but it doesn't feel like home based to me anymore. It feels like I feel like more of a tourist than a citizen.
0: So this is just one more example of, of collaboration. I mean, so when we originally got the, when I say we, I mean, I mean, Jono originally, um, got the lead on the Imagine Impact thing. Um, he, he's, he, he called us kind of a little sheepish and he was like, guys, I I don't really know how to say this, but he said, they will allow up to two creators for any project, not three. So he was going to be one of them, obviously, and then he was like, I'm going to have to Sophie's choice between the two of you guys, Sean, either you can come do this eight week program or Johnny, you can come do it, but not both. And we were like, oh, well, that's thank you for being concerned. Thank you for you know not being a little sheepish about telling us this. That's very sweet. But neither of us can do it. It's just not practical or sensible for us to move you know to L.A. for two months and, and stop turning the flywheel on everything that we've been doing. To go and do this, even though it's an amazing opportunity. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things, if you look back at our decision to step away from story shop, we told the story of like some great opportunities that we've said no to. And then we turned around and said, well, we can't keep putting energy into story shop if we're making decisions against things that are much more aligned, like imagine impact. Um, but that does mean that we're basically, Jono is, is working as a partner and a proxy sort of, you know, he is our LA wing on this and he's doing most of the work. So he should get the lion's share of the reward and attention and accolades and all that stuff. Um, but we just we just want enough of a connection to be able to use the connections that come from this and the natural sort of snowball effect. But um, But also, like I said, once we have a credit, and we basically have an IMDB listing and, you know, it'll say, you know, us as creators or whatever the credit is for um, Savannah Bananas, then suddenly we're much more interesting to look at because we have that credit. So that's our why on this. And I think that that's important because if our why was like maximum money or to show run a TV show, like that would be a very different way we'd approach it.
1: Yeah, and also, it, it's, this goes a little bit to, you know, Jono deciding whether he wanted to network with 22 episodes or um, something else with 10 episodes and how much, you know, creative control versus the right writer's room and all of that. Like, there's so many things to kind of decide how do I, how do I prioritize this? But um, for us, we need to always take a, a back seat here for this particular project. Now, we'll have projects in the future, I'm sure, where we're in the driver's seat and what we need to do, what's best for us and our company and our writers and all of that. But what's best for this particular thing is, like, we're just not important. We're we're third. Um, by design, we're third. Uh, Jesse has a very specific brand that he's building, and that needs to be protected. So that's really important. But the most important thing here is, you know, again, this is this is Jono's life for... next long time this is um that's the biggest consideration so like we were talking at uh at lunch about two separate offers um there were there were two particularly interesting bites that came in immediately um there was big and there was bigger (laughs) and the the bigger was very exciting for us as a company Um, the the way we would be able to leverage that you know um that sort of attention is, is very powerful, but it probably would not have been the best thing for either Jesse's brand or for um, Jono as a showrunner. So even though it would be obviously what was best for us, it's 100% wrong for the project because it doesn't serve the two people it needs to serve first most. So all of those things are um, kind of important to weigh, but you have to know what you're trying to get out of it and what your why is and where you fall in the hierarchy of the collaboration because a great collaboration is always win-win, right? No matter how many people are in there. If there's three parties, it should be win-win-win. And I think that we need to understand that our win exists if the show is great and if the show does what it's supposed to do for the primary people involved.
0: Uh, yeah, right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of not sure how to, sh- how to close this story down because it will be ongoing like I said, we will have the other parties on here to talk a little bit more nitty-gritty, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just that it's a survey and it's an open box and station. Yeah, it,
1: yeah we'll, we'll know. I mean, the stuff's happening really fast right now. Uh, you know, at the end of the week, it was all about, uh, you know, seeing what offers come in. And it was really fun to see the first couple on the first day. And um, there were another uh, 14 pings of interest on the second day. So, um, and I mean, we're just back now. So this is all, like, real time that you're hearing this. Um, and and that's exciting, too. We haven't been able to talk to you guys about stuff in real time for a while, and um, we're very much looking forward to getting back into that because that's fun and natural for us, and, you know, we just want to find that spot where we can do it without it it, it hurting us, Um, and this has been very exciting, and I'm really curious to see where it goes and what other doors it opens, and, you know, as far as stuff getting made there, there's no algorithmic anything. We can once something is uh, our partners are okay with us talking about it publicly, we get to talk about that all we want. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty exciting.
0: Right. Um, well, so that's it. That's it for the Semana bananas, but, but um, this, I get to, I get to make an announcement that we haven't made on the podcast yet. Anyone want to guess what it is?
1: Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Dave is yeah.
0: becoming, he's becoming a Rocket.
1: Dave, are you going officially with your um, rapper name? Easy baked? Yes.
0: And he's gonna be in he's gonna be in he's gonna be easy bake the rocket. It's gonna be really on many levels. And I got
2: a lo fi album coming out real soon. So yeah. I really like the idea of lo fi. I, I want Dave to to have
1: a second renaissance yeah. as a mumble rapper. Dave
2: <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I don't like mumble rap, but I do like lo fi. <laughs>
0: the the second announcement is actually that um, our sequel to Write Publisher Pete is going to be coming out December twelfth, is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I know it was the 10th on it's the calendar, a, but if, that's because I have everything on a Tuesday on the calendar.
0: If it's the 12th, and it's exactly a month from Savannah Bananas Day. The 11th, says me. Sorry. Um, December 11th is going to be the, the... we're. It's our first... It's our real sequel to write, publish, repeat. We said in the past that Fiction Unboxed was the sequel to write, publish, repeat. No, it it really wasn't. It was an entirely different thing. Um, we, I think we said that about uh, iterate and optimize, but that really wasn't because that was really more like. Oh, come lie The other two how do, times. We, how do they know we're not <laughs> lying? This time, this time it's
1: real. We because need to know that this, because
0: because this time th- this book is very much in the vein of write, publish, repeat. Whereas fiction unbox, and iterate, uh, and optimize were not. It is. Um, what's the what, What's the the tagline? Anybody remember it off the top of my head? So I can uh, go look for it.
2: Oh damn it. Hold on. I can't <laughs> All right. Well, nobody All right. remembers. I think the... the tagline was this is really the sequel to
0: Write Publisher Pete. It's it, it yeah, this is really the sequel. That's the tagline. It's um okay, so Neve says it's the oh, new, no, I'm just the new the rules for self-publishing now. success. Oh, that's good. So that's Neve the, said she'd beat you to it. The old um, cover
1: I have says the tagline will go into this very spot
0: here. The new ru- the new rules for self-publishing success. And it is fiction-centric um in the way that Write Publisher Pete was just a little Write Publisher Pete was very nuts and bolts. It very much told you like what levers to pull, like what the industry was like, how to get started self-publishing, what you need to know about vendors and so forth. Fiction formula covers an updated version of a lot of that. It's what we've learned in the past six years or whatever it's been, but it, it's fiction specific and it focuses a lot on the craft and how we're, because next year currently on the, um the calendar, we're doing 181 new releases. And I believe uh 25 of them are nonfiction. So the Those lion's share right is fiction. So, you know, hundred and fifty plus new fiction titles. So it's really about the process that we've learned for like and now that's with a studio of writers. That's not the three of us, but it is the process that we've learned. Like what are the the smart ways to to optimize that process and sort of best practices? Um, things we've learned about, you know, getting through Writer's block, the three-act structure, four-act structure as we imagine it, um, and then in addition, a lot of the things that have updated and changed since Write, Publish, Repeat about the marketplace itself and smart author strategies. So it is a true sequel, finally, to Write, Publish, Repeat, and that's coming out, like I said, December eleventh, and um, we already have a pre-order page up. It and um, if you pre-order it, you'll see on the pre-order page, um, you'll you'll enter and you get access to a. Um, a webinar that we're doing, and that'll be genre therapy. So you guys have talked heard us talk a lot about genre therapy. Most authors write in the wrong genre, and um, therefore it's costing them in terms of productivity and joy and sort of efficacy with the material. And every time we've run people through genre therapy, it's transformative. So people have asked us a lot about it, but we don't do it publicly. And so this is one where we're we're going to do a genre therapy webinar. And um, you get that if you pre-order the Fiction Formula. So that's our way of sweetening the pot. And you can get that at sterlingandstone.net/slash/the-fiction-formula. Sterlingandstone.net/slash/the-fiction-formula. And that's coming out in a month. Anything to add, or did I do that really, really sufficiently?
1: That was very ways? sufficient. I, I was, I was wondering why we've never done genre therapy on Dave, though, and then I realized it's because he would break it. Um, so
0: um, your genre makes me sad yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what genre bot says that's my genre bot impression
1: I think he's responsible for the new dead baby genre there was never one before Dave
0: yeah Dave's doing a a fiction formula he's doing an adjunct book that's called the the new uh, damn it I just forgot you said something that sounded like the tagline it was going to be really amusing All right, well that's that Um, like I said stay tuned for more Savannah Banana stuff Pre-order The Fiction Formula, um, sterlingandstone.net slash The Fiction Formula. And I guess we'll see you next week, and maybe we can get Jesse or Jono on. We'll get them soon, and we'll hear the rest. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, adios. and We'll Good see you time. later. Bye-bye, guys.